Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. Today is Monday, November 15th. We are back in the studio, back from Iowa. Don't plan on having to make, we shouldn't have to make any return trips to Iowa. We can't do it for deer hunting in the upcoming year. Nope. The only thing we got scheduled now, I think Wilbur and Troy are going to uh, the Hash Knife, a return trip. Yep, return trip. Uh, Other than that, we're going to be around the house. Yep, hunting at the Kudzu Bluff. Maybe making a trip down to Swamp Donkey. Oh, yeah, we are going to Swamp Donkey in December, which is not that far away, which is crazy to think about. January? I don't know. December, December, January. January. Yeah, somewhere one of those. Um, Before we get into today's episode, obviously, if you followed along with the Instagram stories towards the end of last week or seen any of the late posts, you know what the main topic of discussions podcast is going to be. But before we do that, uh, things to cover housekeeping items. If you haven't been to the Primo's Custom Mill Shop lately, you have not been to the Primo's Custom Mill Shop. Have you seen it lately? They, up, they updated it oh okay yeah there's um they still got um the custom box calls the boot pullers the grunt calls uh they have and now have a custom alcohol um and then they have a bunch of new scenes you right. know how and we played around with alcohol back in the spring yep yep um and the when i say the scenes you know how like the i'm not even gonna try to list all of them because i don't know them but you know like the box calls you can get like a different scene different on the lid, lid yeah yeah i think they had one where it looked like a father and son or you know stuff like that so there's new scenes um but a whole new shopping experience per se just in time for christmas shopping just in time for christmas shopping so um i can promise you there's not a man or a lady that loves to hunt they would not appreciate one of those it's pretty cool because they're the, personalized yeah they're know? they're very they're very personalized uh you can um customize it right there on the website you can pretty much see exactly what it's going to look like as you're as you're building it on the website Mm -hmm. um so you can run through all the different options and see what likes better what looks better on what um and the cool thing about it is is you know how the just the state everything tends to be right now people seem to really be appreciating kind of local or handmade stuff that sort of deals all these calls are hand-built put together tuned at our cnc shop in brookhaven mississippi yep this isn't outsourced anywhere it's all handmade put in the work right here at our at our place the wood comes in and blanks and it leaves out as calls Mm -hmm. Uh, so very very cool primo's custom meal shop check that out um other things to look at i got all caught up in the custom meal shop what are the other things we need to look at primo's youtube channel um, if you haven't caught up on the episodes, those are all uploaded, so they're out there now. I would feel, I, if I had to guess, I would say I would have guessed that everyone kind of knew that already, but I had somebody message the page last week asking where episodes were, and I sent them a link to that playlist. He was like, oh, I'm like, so I guess some people still don't know. So YouTube. Yeah, go to YouTube. YouTube.com, type in Primo's Hunting. We should be the first channel to pop up. Big green emblem says primo's hunting big ph most of it's the last run of cottonmouth most of it's the last run of cottonmouth um there's also primo's classics those are still being uploaded can check those out there as well what else is there i feel like that's it yeah outdoor channel stuff yeah the outdoor channel stuff's still going yeah you can there's plenty if you want to find us there's plenty of places that you can find us you don't have to look too terribly hard yep for sure and uh yeah we're just finna get back into the 
the grind of kudzu bluff deer hunting yes and uh not so i mean it's fun but it's just like we're here and we kind of get to know the deer and turns into a normal hunting camp situation turns into a normal hunting camp situation there are like there is just said ours there is um and there's more i feel like there, there's more to kudzu there's definitely more to kudzu that the people haven't seen yet mm-hmm. saying is there's parts of kudzu that we now have that even like we just saw re- for the first time recently so there's there's plenty more to be figured out with jordan and i are, as soon as we fig- finish up this podcast episode we're going to head straight up there and yep start putting the pieces together for the week of hunting and the cool thing that we learned last year is uh we're fitting to be rutted up up there in the next couple weeks yeah yeah they they rut a lot earlier than what we were used to on the river and uh around where we grew up hunting i mean it's like two weeks earlier so that makes a big difference does i feel like that sip of coffee i just took was really loud i apologize (laughs) about that yeah dude you know what i figured out this morning do you or i was how to tie your shoes I wish I figured that out. Well, these are boots. They don't have laces. Do you, like, or not figured out, but just was taken aback by the the amount, and this is just off on a tangent, but the amount of value that a lot of people put on a front row parking spot. Oh, yeah. We got to save some steps. So just to, like, like a gas station not far from here at all, I had to swing in there to get, ended up getting some kind of, like, protein pack things that had like ham and cheese in them because i had to give Knox pills because he's got bronchitis Mm -hmm. and so that was like the quickest place i could go i was like they have like that little cold section anyhow this gas station has a front row like right by the door and then there's your gas pumps and then right on the other side of the gas pumps there's the back there's a back row of parking spots where you have to walk like 30 yards to get to the door not even that and I, I pulled in there, man, and when I first pulled in, I didn't, I just glanced over, I saw like just this mass of cars all p- cluddled up there at the front, and I was like, what in the world? And then I looked over, all the back rows like wide open. There was like one car, the rest of it was open. Gotta save them steps, dog. I was like, y'all are insane. I mean, I whipped in there and was in the store. While I was in the store, there were still cars waiting on people to back out. It's and like, was, like going to Walmart. You know, you gotta make about 15 loops around the parking lot so you can find a close spot. Blew my mind. Rather, rather than just parking way down there with nobody parks, and you're in the store by the time it took you to well, you know how drive it, around. Yeah, well, there's like there's like that one dude that as soon as he whips in, he sees somebody coming to get in their car in the front row, and so he stops mm-hmm. to wait on that person to back out. Doesn't matter how many cars <laughs> are behind him, but he's gonna stop and wait for him. I was like, get that good gracious. spot, get that good spot. But there was still, uh, but anyhow, I know that was a tangent, but. It made me laugh. So um, you were mad because you had to walk far this morning. I was very upset. <laughs> I was mad at the, or I was like, I was legitimately, I was like flustered at those people that they were acting that way. It didn't affect me because, like I said, I whipped in, got my stuff, walked out. There were still people haggling, like standing there in line for those spots. I'm like, how do you not see? Yeah. Just the unnecessariness of what y'all are doing. It's it's crazy. It is crazy people or something but i had to go in there because well, i think that knox and i we, you know how it is um or we go the first year we're going pheasant hunting this weekend mm-hmm. hopefully uh that's why i freaked out when knox caught bronchitis because yeah, he can't be running around if he's, if he's got sick. the bronchitis so luckily um 
I know some folks at the Gluckstadt Animal Hospital, and they hooked us up, and they said if they get him on these antibiotics pretty quick, he should be fine, no problem. So he's rolling, but I don't know how I got on that rabbit hole. Um, so, yeah, we're going up to Kudzu after this is over. Rudd will be kicking sooner than we know it. Good to look forward to there. Yeah, well, I got some good deer, too, trying, um, trying to get daylighted. So here's what we can talk around in circles, and uh, I know when I listen to podcasts, when I know what the main subject is going to be, and I get upset when they... Get to the point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they probably don't want to hear any more about people fighting over front row parking spots, and we can talk about Iowa and your deer. I mean, there's no reason to dancing around it. This podcast is brought to you by OnX Hunt, the app that has completely changed the game and helps you increase your success rates every time you go out in the field. It's something that we legitimately use every single day. doesn't matter if we're talking elk hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting, upland hunting, bass fishing. It does not matter. We don't go a day without using OnX Hunt. Public and private land boundaries, the new crop filters, the new 3D mapping system. There is not a time where Onyx cannot help you, and they update it all the time, which helps you increase your success rates. So go and check out the Onyx Hunt app today. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 to get 20% off your Onyx Hunt membership. So the last podcast episode that we did, we were talking about just coming off a, how long were we there the first time? Nine, uh, 10 days. We hunted for 10 days, and we actually hunted like, seven and a half of yeah them, but we we're there for 10 yeah because i know that last the last day the day that the kill of the buck took place i logged it in my footage as day 11 yeah hunting day 11 i had two travel days 10 hunting days with nothing and then the 11th day was the day that the buck was killed that's pretty crazy i mean it's just i hear all the time like uh, especially when somebody watches a tv show it's like oh make it look so easy you know you just wham bam 20 minutes you done killed your buck yeah <laughs> it gets condensed down a whole lot more than you know that's what i told like you honestly it would kind of be curious if someone if you did it this way because you got the freedom to do it like on youtube obviously mm -hmm. because if you re you really could even with responsible editing you could document that trip from the first day of traveling to every single day that we hunted because there wasn't a day that we were there or a day that we traveled there that a camera wasn't turned on at some point right I mean, and i say that like i'm saying even including like the rainy days mm -hmm. you know we still were like we documented some stuff just to keep tabs of what was going on i think even with when i say responsible editing like even with you still could get over an hour well over an hour yeah and then no doubt i mean you gotta think about it we spent at least eight hours a day for seven days so that's seven times eight what's that 150 hours seven times eight yeah it's 56 oh 56 hours yeah I'm, i've never been that, strong on that my, was close uh for 56 <laughs> hours and probably 20 hours of that camera's rolling and and the day we kill, we spent another seven, eight hours in a tree. I would think, hang on, seven to eight hours a day sounds, that sounds very conservative. 
Yeah, I mean, we, at least, I was saying at least minimum we hunted four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon. Okay. So, that's eight. Yeah, no, you're right. I just felt like it was longer than that. Yeah. I mean, some days we sat longer than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like today with Kiel, that was all day affair. Or not all day. But it was planned to be. Yeah. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, I'm trying, so I know... In the last episode, we covered pretty much everything that happened up until because when we covered us, we're going back. That's where we left it off. Yeah. But for the sake of those, if they have not, which they should, but if they have not listened to last week's episode, we can kind of give like just a quick, a quick synopsis of how we got here instead of just diving straight into the stuff. Yeah. Um, we left on the twenty fourth, I think, of October. Seems right. 24th, 25th range. Uh, got up there, had some really good hunts. I mean, we saw deer every mm-hmm. time we hunted and saw, I don't know, four or five mature bucks over that course. Yeah. And uh, never had a mature one in range, but we had a pile of deer. You know, I, bet, I, I was adding it up, just like guessing. I would say we saw 40 to 60 different bucks, you know, counting spikes all the yeah, way Yeah, any male deer. I mean, I would yeah. say we saw 40 to 60 different male bucks mm-hmm. in that course of 11 days mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah. Um. Did not take my bow off the hanger that first trip. Yeah. I mean, we saw a lot of deer, but just didn't have that, didn't even get close far as having a mature one coming in. Um played cat and mouse for two or three days on a big bean field every time we'd zig they'd zag and never could make that happen together but we had been looking at this hillside uh we actually saw this deer that we killed one morning for like five seconds up there on that hillside and uh that's where the camera was on a big scrape up there and it's kind of like the the way this deal is like you have to have one certain wind to be able to get up there yeah and it's a it's a gamble at that because in order to get up there where you can get you feel like in bow range where the deer are traveling you have to give up a lot you have to walk through some, you have to walk through some stuff too like just like, getting there you got to give up some stuff i mean the stand that we hunted out of mostly was uh the way the position is on this farm it's like a like a cow pasture that's been grown up it's not exactly like thick crp but it's a bunch of hedge trees and se- yeah. it's semi-thick like mm-hmm. it's not super thick but it's enough cover where you can't see that far and onyx view of these things explains a lot of what we're saying yeah onyx is a lot of i mean i don't know how many hours i sat there looking at that yeah, onyx I, before we ever stepped foot up there i saw you yeah because <laughs> You don't, when you're in a spot like that where you've got that mature buck that you know he's using that area, mm-hmm. you don't want to go up there and walk around nope. a whole lot. And uh, I looked at Onyx for hours trying to figure out the particular, like, 30, 40-yard radius we wanted to go to if we decided to go up there. I didn't yeah. want to I didn't want to be tra- traipsing around it, that looking is for anything else. One thing I want to, I want to stop you before we go any further uh that i think's worth mentioning is so when we started this trip like on day one we did originally move around to a couple different spots i mean like different farms all together yep um and then eventually i think that's what makes it significant about it being how much time we hunted is we we pretty much we didn't stay in one tree stand 
but eventually we focused in on that one property yeah and now that was probably day three day four i don't know yeah well or maybe the reason we didn't hunt that property to start with is because of wind we had right. you had to have something out of north or west to be able to even access this property yeah but reasons subside i just i think it was important to mention yeah. that we were we focused on that we i mean because it can go either way you so, know the first morning we hunted on this property tommy had put a stand up where he thought we could get a shot at this deer and we went in there and hunted it and it's just in a spot it's in it's like the only spot that he could find to put the tree like because it's not a whole lot of selection as far as good tree stand trees Mm -hmm. and uh it's in a little gully and like the wind in there i mean he we even said it before we went in there it's like try it the wind may be swirling like whirlpool up in there and we said it for like an hour and a half it's like this ain't gonna work wind swirling all around there and you know if the wind would have been good i feel like we could have had a chance at this deer earlier yeah but the wind just wouldn't work in there and you're not gonna kill a deer if the wind's swirling around yeah. unless you just absolutely get lucky especially a deer like that he's just, been he's been hunted before and you know? don't you don't know how respond you don't know how they're gonna respond to pressure yeah. you know like he could have smelled us and went awol for a few days and come back or there's a possibility he smell you and he gone yeah you don't see him again yep you know not yep. worth the risk for sure and uh so fast forward to our return trip we had been looking at the map a lot and just kind of be like we've got to get up on this hillside if we want to get in the game i mm-hmm. like, just got to i've like, got to try it uh had a really good win that morning uh actually checked the cell cam before we went in there that morning and this buck was behind a doe on it like an hour before daylight yeah so built playing it safe we decided to get back in our original stand we had hunted in so much and wait a couple hours and you know you don't ever know you may get lucky and he comes following that doe right by you but that time of year yeah there's uh, a risk i mean there's a chance i mean so we saw out of our original stand we actually called up a nice little eight point little two-year-old but he's probably forgot about that yeah, yeah. probably 110 inch deer mm-hmm. you know and uh he came right to the tree and was like okay things have changed since we left they're being responsive to calling again massively yeah because the last three or four days we hunted like nothing called up and i was trying you'd have some like i said other from blind calling for sure yeah we had some call in that we were looking at you know but the the, resp- the intensity of the response had changed like overall it came to the base of the tree yeah like looking yeah um we sat there for another hour or so and me and you were like we got to get up there got mm-hmm. to and we had brought you were in the saddle so it was easy moving with that and we just had to jerk down the lock on that you had set in and there and that was going to be my stand yeah and uh because we only got one saddle right now right um so we get down and kind of had an access point i'd looked at like i we had never stepped foot over there we've been staying out of there because of scent right and uh, there's a creek you got across so we i'd been watching a bunch of deer cross so i kind of knew like there's probably a pretty good little crossing down there that we can get across because it's got deep banks on it and you yeah. can cross it in certain spots uh, so we go down there jump across the deer trail go up the hill um started going up a ridge i was kind of confused you know exactly what little finger ridge we wanted to be on and get up halfway up the hill i'm like this don't look right and you pulled out your phone we looked at the mountains like yep we gotta go to the left over here yeah and uh backtracked down probably 20 yards and went up the next finger ridge and got up there it's like yep this is where we need to be and we look at a tree that's probably 
what 60 yards from where we ended up getting yeah and uh it's a little bitty skinny just wide open tree but you know you don't have much select from well then i finally start scanning up the hill and it's me or you somebody said let's go look at that cedar tree that was you yeah all the only thing i stated my opinion on is what i did not want to get in the first tree yeah i just didn't like it it was a hard setup that and i just i didn't well going back to you don't want to traipse around you kind of want to take the first opportunity you see but then you're like it's not exactly where i want to be yeah but you're kind of scared to go up there and look around because you may not find it then you got to backtrack then you've been been walking around everywhere but i just i felt like in that first tree we'd have been at a wildlife viewing party yeah i didn't think we'd be in the game yep and we we would be at a annoyingly close but out of range distance <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean you're talking about bow hunting you you got to get within you know within 50 yards of where you think you can kill them at so it's not like it's one of the deals you can hope and pray he comes by i mean you got to if you know where the deer are using you got to get up in there and let me like i want to i want to make a point out of this or, or not so much make a point but ask a question because maybe I, i've thought about this before and i don't know if i can credit it to anything other than like massive amounts of repetition doing this it's like talking about seeing that first tree that we looked at and being like nah yeah you know what i mean it's 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 hard for me you might can do it better than i can it's hard for me to explain to somebody exactly why i felt that way to put it in like particular whereas to like on the opposite side when we got to that cedar tree i went "Mm mm-hmm well you know what i mean just from my experience in the midwest especially and even here a buck searching for a doe is usually going to go on the downwind side of where the does should be Mm -hmm. and in this case this was like a a big ridge where the deer were using Mm. there's an old fence cross like old fence line up there so automatically those deer are going to travel up and down that that transition it's a transition between big timber and this old cow pasture and so looking at on looking at that on the map you're like they're either going to travel the bottom or they're going to travel the top mm-hmm. or either coming from the top to the bottom and yeah. that's what they were doing they were they were using that ridge and following that old fence this north and south pretty much yeah and uh the tree that we originally were looking at it's like one of those deals you're like you look at the tree and you're like that could work but it's not really where i want to be it's not on the x yeah yeah. I and mean, we both came i mean we looked at it for 30 seconds to decide let's look for another one yeah it's not like we sat there and argued over it uh-uh. <laughs> as soon as i saw it like i looked back looked at the tree looked back at the tree like, and it can work but far as get us getting in it but it's not exactly where i want to be in my mind it was like we didn't make this power line this power move this more aggressive than we normally would be moved to end up right there yeah you know it's just like like that's not it that's i think i actually like jumped on my knees because it's a bunch of cedars up there and i get to looking at trunk size yeah and i look up there and i see a big trunk on a cedar tree i'm like we could probably get in that one and we walk up there to it and man you didn't even say two words to each other yep it'll work let's get yeah. up there which i have like it had been like i said it had been a long time it had been since 2012 but I, I can understand i know a lot of our listeners come from a south from the southeast mm. um base and so there's you don't have a lot of cedars to hunt in down here right you know so 
uh, from just for my one stint in 2012. And I said, it's, but anyway, what I'm saying is, if you hunt in the Midwest or do get to hunt around cedars, you know, uh, if it's a cedar in the right spot that can be an awesome tree to hunt out of yeah just you got cover you got cover you got built-in climbing sticks you yeah. got all kinds of stuff <laughs> so we uh we walk up there to that cedar and i mean like it's one of these situations where it's not like the perfect tree but we're like we can get 10 feet in this thing yeah and that's all you need in that kind of cover in the, in the midwest because those deer they just don't look up in trees like ours do they're different like, there's yeah. no no game about it like they are not near as wary of tree predators as ours are mm -hmm. and i don't know if it comes from hunting or so many more bobcats down here i don't know if a bobcat like attacks deer out of trees or what but it makes sense they, I, yeah do. I, I don't know either i just know that i'm not even that's not an opinion it's just a fact man yeah, it's like a it's fact <laughs> we had a uh we, this was in like the first part of the trip like in the first trip we made up there we had a doe come out and i'm talking like as she was walking looked up at both of us and it's when i and she didn't even have to look up she was like because when she came out she's the, like eye level yeah and i think i can count on one hand how many times i've had a doe look at me down here and once she looks up in the tree stand obviously you try to like keep it together and keep the hunt from getting blown but i think i can count on one hand how many times that's happened oh, yeah. most they're, of the time if they look up yeah stomping and doing the bobblehead it ends up being <laughs> yeah <laughs> and this doe up there i mean she looked and then she was like oh, okay and then just went back to doing it. i was like that's i mean she, she stared at us for like 30 seconds yeah but we didn't move and she was like okay but okay but uh yeah anyhow back to the the story at uh, hand this tree um I actually had climb my, I brought my climbing sticks this time. I didn't have them first time. I was like, I'm going prepared this yeah. time. And uh, those little hawk climbing sticks are they're awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think we ended up using two of them because of the branches on the tree. On like, the cedar. Like we, I put the climbing stick at the base of the tree so we could get up to the branches, and then another climbing stick right before we got to the stand. And I went up there and cut out some limbs and stuff. I got to saw my way into it and uh we got all set up man and it was like we get up there it's like yep this will work yeah and uh i guess we set up about what 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning by the time we got settled yeah i, mean, I probably spent 30 minutes trying to get all, everything in the tree yeah between because i'm it, when we decided to climb down and close in and move up there it was like 8 45 yeah, so we somewhere around slipping there slipping too like yeah. just easing in there as quiet as we could be um so we get everything set up the funny thing was like just me being me i always tinkering with stuff and don't ever like i'm never satisfied when it comes to mm -hmm. like shooting stuff that's true it's, it's a problem but it sometimes works out yeah uh there's a cedar to our right like 10 yards and it's like blocking the whole ridge top yeah <laughs> I, about 30 minutes after lake and i were sitting in this thing i was like i can't stand this i gotta crawl down climb up that tree and cut some holes out yeah we did that and, well this uh, is after you like so jordan had mentioned the notion of him climbing down and shimmying up and cutting those cedar limbs like 10 times and we'd already seen a buck at this point yeah well we'd seen a couple deer <laughs> nothing like large or like shooter but like uh we've seen a couple deer and i kept saying like finally like the last time you said it i was like think long think wrong either yeah. do it or don't you know yeah 
Well, well you did, yeah. I mean, that was no climbing sticks involved. That was just <laughs> monkeying up that tree. <laughs> tree. Which, look, and again, if you never hunted out of a cedar tree, like if y'all are thinking just like climbing up the limbs of that thing is sketchy, it's it's really not. If they're live, you got to watch what you're stepping on. Yeah, for sure. They gotta, but for I, me, they got to be at least big around my arm for me to step on them. Yeah, well, sure, but I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just got to cover that. I'm 240 pounds, and I, again, I'm not. Yeah, you're right. We might not. <laughs> hang on, let me back up. Yeah. Uh, I'm not endorsing it, but it it was. Uh, I mean, I was hooked to the tree the whole time. Yeah. yeah. You know, sit, be safe. Yeah, do it safely. But uh, anyway, get up there and cut them limbs down, and it's probably 11:30 by this point. So we're like, yeah. Me and Lake, we're both like. We never really questioned whether we we're gonna sit there all day because it's in too good of a spot. Mm-hmm. Like you just feel like you could see deer at any time. And uh, after I cut the limbs down, been sitting up there maybe 30 more minutes. <laughs> uh, we see another buck. Yeah. He uh, no, we almost we see the bigger eight point before I cut down the limbs that came like under that cedar tree and we couldn't see him. That's kind of what the final straw was. I thought we that was afterwards. No, I don't know. No, the the one that came and jumped the fence right in front of us. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. After I rattled. You're right. Right you're after right. I okay. rattled, he yep. came looking. Yep. And uh, he was, man, we couldn't figure out if we want to shoot him or not. He couldn't see him that good at first. That was one thing we learned about that spot. So we get up, we get up in this tree. Um, and I, forgive me, like it's, I, I plan on going, I'm going in probably deeper detail than usual just because I think this hunt deserves it, you know uh we get up in that tree and i thought you know because like jordan described we're kind of on edge we're not kind of we're definitely on an edge and looking straight out in front of us uh i would think what we were looking at in front of us was our probably our easiest viewing opportunity yeah it's open timber looked like it yeah um and so I was like, if a deer's going to sneak up on us, it's either going to be to my right because of that cedar tree and that thick stuff, and there's kind of a rise right there that could pop up and just kind of appear to our left or behind us. When Jordan rattled and this buck shows up, not only was it thick enough that – and the buck didn't come charging in. I mean, he was walking with intent, but it wasn't like it was he like, was running in. It was like 10 minutes after I rattled. Yeah. But uh, he was walking at just a steady gait and – one he almost snuck up on us from dead out in front of us like he just kind of appeared and two they were so thick in there we really couldn't tell what kind of deer it was yeah he's a, he's a good deer to like just young yeah but um, we didn't realize that until he, you know, he moved around a little bit we're like okay it's harder to pick him up in here than we thought yeah i mean when i first saw him i was like no doubt shooter well you know just that first glimpse yeah before you start you start counting your chickens before they hatch is what happened to me yeah yeah and uh finally thank the good lord he stood there you know long enough to gain my composure and realized it's like a younger buck it was a good set of horns yeah but he ended up uh i don't think i could have shot him either way but he ended up coming right there looking for whatever you know was making the noise and then turned around kind of went back the way he came yeah and uh after that i got down and cut those limbs out of that tree yeah I, yeah i remember that now and uh we'd been sitting up there for 30 more minutes and i look over to the right and a hole that i'd cut out in that tree 
and there's a buck standing there. Yeah. Like, to our right, to our right, to our right. By that time, he done got by. So, yeah. So, they're like, we got to be on our P's and Q's I up s- here. Yeah, I still don't know. I mean, we can speculate where he came from, but, I mean. He came from, like, behind us. Had to have. Yeah. I mean, you'd think. Yeah. That's my best guess as to where he came from, but, yeah. He was a good buck. He's a 145-inch eight-point. Yeah. And just, like, did it. It would have bothered me, but I was just to the point, like, I felt so good about the spot. Yeah. I was like, it's just going to be a matter of time before we see another one, I think. Here, Yeah, and it, I'm sure a lot of deer hunters will be able to relate to this. It was one of those things. Because t- here, here's my my honest thoughts on the morning. We got up. I, knew, I mean, I knew the plan to move in eventually. I had heard that this was going to be potentially an all-day sit. And the thought of that just had me going, uh, like, I just did not. <laughs> not I just, the same way. I just, hate sitting all day. I just didn't want to do it. And I was almost like, I wasn't arguing with you about it, but I was kind of like questioning you about it with certain motives. I was like, maybe if I ask Jordan about it enough, he'll pick up that I really don't want to sit all day and we won't have to do it. <laughs> and you were like yeah i mean we can maybe slip down around one or two o'clock you know we'd kind of gotten to where we were talking about that but then when we both when we got in the cedar tree me and you both agreed we're like yeah i'll sit here all day mm-hmm. it's just too good of a spot yeah way too good of a spot they like it smelt like a buck up on that hill yeah i remember that when we walked up under that tree and i squatted down to see if we get up in it like it both hit us like yeah i, I, I smell a deer yeah like, it smelled smelled like deer it was like the rut zone. Mm-hmm. And, um, after that buck got by us, it was a few minutes later, not too long, maybe 20, 30 minutes. It's probably close to lunch now, yeah. 12. Um, another buck comes running down the hill towards us. This one quite literally running. Yeah, like yeah. like frantically looking for whatever he was looking for. It was mm-hmm. a doe, obviously, but he done lost her. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a good buck, mature buck didn't see what was on his head i saw a big body coming at first yeah and uh he ends up coming like under the cedar tree i cut the limbs out of which is like five yards yeah i mean he's on and he, i'm like i draw back and he turns and come right under him. like you want to shoot him he's like yep and uh i tried to stop him back 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 he wouldn't ever stop yeah he's like he got by so fast and gone and uh <laughs> looking back on it glad i did not sh- glad he did not stop because yeah. i was finna shoot him i was i was telling you to shoot him because that that's uh that's a situation that anyone can run into that time of year but especially like he come running in like that through that those thick woods we couldn't get a good look at him and then he ends up under the tree yeah I mean, i'll put it like if i would have shot him i would have been happy yeah like I mean, he, he, he was very respectable but like yeah, probably he, put it so you can envision what he is he's like an eight point it's probably 130 inches like but mature but he's old yeah yeah like i would have been tickled with him it wouldn't have yeah it wasn't an uh-oh deer yeah yeah you wouldn't like oh man i shot a young up-and-comer like he was mature but uh and you were gonna shoot him he wouldn't stop yeah like 15 yards like yeah. slam dunk shot mm-hmm. and uh anyway after he ran off like we started seeing bucks all over the place in there obviously there was a hot doe because like yeah. after he ran off in the woods i started seeing deer moving i was like there he is i pull up binoculars it's a different buck and there's a buck behind him running around i'm like oh my god you're at one like you said you heard a deer running and then i heard a buck grunt yeah and it was like a smaller buck chasing these deer around yeah like it was it went to rut rut party yeah in a matter of minutes and i think i ended up counting six or seven different bucks in there 
and I uh, was just catching glimpses of them run through the woods. So it may have been overcounting or undercounting. It may have been more, you know, Who just knows? deer running like a doe all over the place. They were grunting and all kinds of stuff. And uh, eventually see them run out of the frame, you know, over the hill, like just catching bodies going through the trees, like mm-hmm. 75, 80 yards. It was like, good gracious. That's, yeah. That was fun. How there. many rack bucks do you think we had? come and when i say i mean come under our tree that day four or five yeah it came within 15 20 yards yeah um so after all that had happened me and you were sitting there just like kind of catching our breath for a minute because it got intense yeah and with all those deer running around trying to capture it on on camera i'm sitting up there looking at a deer trying to give you directions you're like trying to find it like it it goes haywire in a hurry yeah um and me and you were sitting there i think i was actually i was squatted down put trying to because the bottom of my stand was wiggling a little bit because the tree was kind of lopsided and i was squatted down trying to get another click out of the ratchet on the bottom of the lock on yeah and you say i just heard buck snort wheeze yeah and i'm like is it, i think i heard it too but i thought it was behind us mm-hmm. and i was looking behind and she said there he is out in front of us he's like 40 yards yeah and it ends up, i pull up in binoculars because you can just see like bits and pieces of deer walking through this stuff like yeah. it's not like a wide open you can't just see what it is and uh, i pull up binoculars and his head comes out from behind the tree i'm like oh my gosh yeah and i didn't tell you how big it was that like i just said shooter yeah i didn't realize what deer it was yeah and uh anyway he comes like it's he's snort wheezing at another buck like a smaller 125 inch eight point with him and uh he comes to the fence where that first buck that almost couldn't figure out shoot or not ended up being young he comes to the fence right there and i'm i've got a hole at 30 yards if he jumps the fence right and uh i'm sitting there just like ready to draw back if he starts making like two steps i've got a hole and uh he stands there looking observing and then that other buck that he was snort wheezed at makes a move and he turns around goes back at him it ends up being this big joker like you finally see his rack at that point and i'm like doing everything i can to get him to come look because he's definitely rutted up and like ready to whoop some butt i thought well that's the first time in my life that i heard a deer snort wheeze before i saw it yeah which again is a testament to any folks that have heard a snort wheeze before like heard a deer snort wheeze before know you know how close you have to be to hear that you got to be within 50 yards so the, again that tells you like how easy it is for deer to sneak up on us in here and this is a mature deer this is a mature midwest full-grown buck with very large antlers and he got within 40 yards of us before we saw him yeah so i mean like i said me and george are sitting there and i hear and i'm like oh you know and especially since you hadn't seen him you're like because that's kind of like a turkey drum and you can't really tell the direction it comes i couldn't from pinpoint it no especially because I, I had a headphone in for yeah. the camera stuff so i can't course anything yeah and uh i think it was behind us i think it was because i was facing a tree trying to pop that ratchet when he did it yeah and uh good thing you didn't yeah i know <laughs> I had just got a click out of it when you heard it. Yeah. And I was just, I had still squatted down. As rutted up as he was, it may not have mattered because you grunted at him, you snort wheezed at him, and he would acknowledge it, but he was way too tied up in that buck that he was looking at. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, he eases off. Ends up being a deer we shoot, by the way. So that's what we're looking yeah. at a big old deer. 
and uh had him at 35 yards mm-hmm. couldn't shoot him i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah it's like because at that point you don't ever know i mean they're on a hot dough obviously so you don't know where they're going they may end up a mile away within 30 minutes yeah and uh anyway i st- we start seeing glimpses of another or a deer we think it's this one possibly yeah. about 70 yards out there on the ridge and i'm looking at him i can't see his head and he finally lays down like 70 yards from us i'm like a boat just bedded down lake and i finally get a hole where i can see him i see it's not this deer i think it's the deer you snort wheezing at and uh never do see this deer again like we think he just goes over the ridge yeah we do like i I remember us saying to one another just because of the deer activity we were seeing and they appeared to be so comfortable in there we were like there's a very good chance that we see him again yeah no guarantees but it just seems to be the hub of the activity right and uh i think it was maybe 10 minutes later 15 minutes later we see uh that buck that was bedded down stands up and starts coming towards us mm-hmm. and i'm steady just looking all behind him because i just i'm feeling like this buck's gonna be like pushing him off or something maybe the reason he's walking towards us yeah and uh anyway that buck jumps the fence and stands right there in the hole for like two minutes like oh my gosh i told you i was like why couldn't that big one done that yeah like why couldn't this one standing like at 25 yards this broadside just standing up there looking around Mm -hmm. oh my gosh bad buck um i'm looking at that buck and i steady scanning like i know this one's got to be somewhere around i feel like it is (laughs) so we (laughs) we had we had developed a system because we kept on having deer pop up so many like 360 that basically like we had come to the conclusion that us looking the same direction was just a waste of energy yeah so jordan is looking the way the way that is in front of him is where we saw that deer where i'm spinning around looking the other way because i'm like i ain't getting you know we're not getting snuck up on again yeah now um all of a sudden i see that doe yeah she pops her head up over a little ridge and jumps the fence comes on 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 our little side of the transition yeah I'm like, there's a doe, and it wasn't two seconds later. I see a big joker pop his head up over too. I'm like, there he is, like he finna jump fence coming to us, and uh, he jumps the fence. The doe takes a immediate right when she jumps the fence, going away from us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we ain't gonna shoot him again because he's gonna follow her. Of course. And uh, so the doe i'm watching her and i'm watching him you're on him at this point and i snort wheeze at him when he gets behind a tree and he stops and looks but it's just like he's not gonna leave that doe and i finally see her come out behind these trees and she goes through a little opening there well i immediately take that new rangefinder and click it and it's like 48 yards that opening i'm like okay i'll try that if he comes through that hole Mm-hmm. and uh he stood there and stood there and stood there i'm like i don't know what he's doing he's just standing there finally he starts walking towards where she went through it yeah, you could see him for a long time and i couldn't yeah and, yeah. I, and i'm telling you like he just there's a hole down there that he yeah. that, that doe went through you need to get where you can see that hole yeah and uh he starts walking to where she was stops behind another tree i draw back and uh which i'm thankfully did that it gave me time to get on him yeah yeah he, <laughs> i mean he stopped and gave us actually time to think about what we we're doing and uh he starts easy walking through that hole and i stop him and put the 50 on his heart and 
said, please. <laughs> yeah, lit fire. And, I mean, it was like, that was the best feeling in the world because after I shot, like, it's like, I see the air hit him, you see the air hit him, it's like, no doubt, we I, got him. The only, like, thought that occurred to me that I did not expect to think is, I guess, because we're telling, like, now we're telling this story in a calm fashion, picking through all the details, as most of our listeners, as y'all could probably gather, in the actual moment of all this, everything seems like it's racing, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I don't think it really registered with me that you said it was 50 yards. <laughs> So when you shot, I remember thinking, man, it's taking a long time for that air to get there. <laughs> and then the first time, because you, you can see the air in the video, you when you see it show up in a frame for that split second, I went, oh, God, he shot over him. But yeah, then it just and drops in there. I've talked about it before. Like, I shoot a pretty heavy setup, so yeah. I'm not a, I don't have a whole lot of speed to my bow. But, uh, I mean, it kind of arcs at 50 yards, you know? No, your arrow tastes the rainbow. That thing is arcing. <laughs> if it hits them, it goes through them. <laughs> yeah, because that is the other thing. It uh, The same kind of deal. I remember Brad talking about this. He's like, the your first, your first true gut instinct about a shot is usually pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it hit the deer, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was, mean, like, normally, like – you don't have time like for whatever reason when i shoot it usually when i shoot a deer with a bow like i i either don't see the air hit them or something i i kind of always second guess myself because whatever reason and with that one like just knew it was good yeah yeah I, i never questioned the shot uh there was it's so funny uh like looking back and i told you this right after i shot because i was like watching my arrow yeah and the wind was blowing so hard that day my arrow actually canted sideways yeah like that's where that heavy arrow comes in handy because you just blow through the wind even though the back of it's turned sideways like (laughs) like, i was like oh my gosh yeah it looks like you need a bad bow tune but yeah i mean but it smoked him yeah and it ended up going pretty much all the way through him yeah i mean it had an entry and an exit it actually buried up pretty much to the fletchings on him yeah and uh he pulled the broke the air off like five feet after he after he shot him and uh yeah we sat up there and gained our composure for a few minutes because yeah. you always want to give him a little bit of time so so jordan uh jordan did does what that you had an immediate like adrenaline dump right after the shot yeah because i've like i don't know if it's just came from hunting a lot over the years but used to i used to get really really nervous like before i'd shoot yeah that never works out good and now i try to i guess just think about doing what i need to do and i really don't get i get nervous but i'm like i don't know i just try to try to focus on making the shot more so just think about that and Mm -hmm. when it happens like it all just comes apart afterwards yeah yeah well that's i was shaking so bad after i shot that deer that's what i was highlighting is one we talk about being in a cedar 
like the, the entire tree was shaking. The <laughs> like I've 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 shook a lot before when I shot a deer, but I've never shook that bad. And I think it was just from having him so close and such a big deer. All and, the build yeah, up. Yeah, just I mean, almost shooting him at thirty minutes earlier, and then finally getting a shot at him. And you know, you make a good shot. There's no question about it. Well, and, there's more than just having him that close thirty minutes earlier. We saw that deer like six days ago. Yeah, I mean, and that, that was the that was like how often do you actually end up killing the deer that you go in there after not often so i mean just like rocker took us three years to kill that deer you know this was a like a mini rocker type story condensed into 11 days (laughs) it had all the same emotions the highs and the lows it just happened in a much more condensed fashion yeah i mean i think the reason like looking back on it now like why i was able to just really dump that emotion off is because like i wasn't concerned with the deer being dead or not like, yeah just like i can see that all of it like just like yes you know 100 yeah. percent. you're just like on fire because yeah. it happened yeah and you so every we both were very confident about the the vitality of that shot yeah man it was awesome and the deer i mean he ran what 75 yards if it less than 100 yeah less than 100 for sure we all uh, had like the wind i'm talking about the wind blowing so hard i think we had uh we found really good blood in the low areas but when he started going up this little hill it got really sparse and uh i think the leaves were actually turning over yeah and we couldn't find that much blood because when we got like finally me and you we smelt a deer when we walked to like where we thought he went i was like he's up here somewhere somewhere because yeah. we could smell him we were downwind of him just a ruddy buck smell you know right and uh finally i eased up over this little hill and i was like i see him over laying in our briar patch i'm like there he is yeah which i don't even know you may have seen this we didn't talk about it because we kind of obviously we didn't continue the tracking job when we spotted the deer which went straight oh, it to was him blood everywhere like not uh, not even i'm talking yeah when we got to him yes i'm talking when we were dragging him out like the last like i don't know 30 40 yards he went through a little bit of a swell yeah there was blood all over yeah that was a blood trail like i was like oh you know that's imagine what it looked like before the leaves got blown i don't know if that's what happened or not that's why i think what happened who knows he was bleeding out both sides in the lungs yeah who knows but but yeah that was awesome awesome experience it's uh i told you you know i'd always been watching bless you knox uh me and you both grew up watching truth videos and but my biggest deal growing up was deer hunting yours was turkey yeah. i didn't really get into turkey hunting until later on in my teens mm-hmm. and uh I remember always watching like Brad and Troy and Will always going up there in the Midwest and, yeah. and especially Southeast Iowa in the fall. And I was like, for one, it's surreal just being able to shoot a deer like that in Southeast Iowa. It's something you've always, everybody as a deer hunter dreams about doing that, especially a bow hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, two, actually, you know, carrying the Primo's banner on your back. Yeah. being there doing that yeah. something you watched as a kid somebody doing it's like a surreal feeling like, it's very surreal like I, I don't know what to think about this i'm yeah. very very blessed that's mm-hmm. a that's a neat neat experience and oh memories i told you on our way back home like that first time we saw this buck like i, I don't know if i'll ever forget that when his, <laughs> when his head came back behind that tree and you're like that is a big deer yeah 
I remember the way I described it to, I don't know, a couple of different people is I still obviously, I mean, like you give me crap about how amped up I get when I shoot something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gotten to where, I mean, like I'll get excited when I'm filming, but it's a lot subdued compared to when I'm shooting. Yeah, you, I can just keep it. You had to focus on yeah. so much stuff. Um, and I guess it just comes through years of doing it. Like that deer, I haven't gotten that shaken up filming in a long time yeah in a long long time i think the the last time i got that amped up when i was filming was probably mufasa mm-hmm. maybe um or how brad how elk or something maybe i, I don't know but it, it that i mean that it, that deer shook me up because remember like the first time I, I was telling i told you this while we were out there hunting when we first saw the deer after the snort weed and everything probably a combination of not getting a super clear view of him at first and me so f- work focused on camera stuff like i heard you stay shooter so i really didn't study him any more than that until right before he like turned and chased that buck off he i had for he stepped into a, a somewhat of an opening for the camera and you grunted and he turned and looked at us and i realized what deer it was <laughs> and how big he was yeah and I just felt like this whole chill just go from the top of my body to my toes. I was like, oh, dear gosh. Like, that's a Man, very big deer. I've seen some big, big deer, you know, like going into a place hunting or going down the road or even somebody, somebody killed. But I've never seen a deer this big when I was actually hunting. I hadn't either. You know, like in yeah. the woods that close. And you, I, I, mean, I may have seen a glimpse of one this big or something, you know, never really – but having one within 50 yards of you for 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> it's like that doesn't happen very often in your life it's draining because you remember that like we both like when we finally we did filmed everything we had to film we got the deer out tommy body slammed you when he saw you because <laughs> he got so amped up you know just said all of that hey, you're talking about that uh, go ahead and finish well as remember we got back to camp that night we were just i mean it, daylight savings time and everything when we got back to camp it was still like seven o'clock mm-hmm. you know because it gets dark so early um oh and just another thing we should have thrown this in there you shot the deer like around two two o'clock yeah like 209 somewhere around in there um but so it's not like it's super late when we get back to camp but i was like i'm tired I like, felt like we'd been on a mountain all day, like yeah. that kind of tired. I just, think all that adrenaline just drained out of you, the excitement yeah. and all that just, just drained you. Yeah. And just like, oh, my gosh. But uh, talking about Tommy, <laughs> dude, a little backstory on Tommy. The reason he is an outfitter is because he wanted – he started hunting like 20 years ago in southeast Iowa mm-hmm. and started deer hunting there like 15 years ago, I guess. And – uh it started out like he wanted to get leases to hunt on and so he started telling his buddies you know they could bring them up and hunt with him or whatever to help pay for the leases and uh at one thing turned into another he started having enough buddies bring buddies that brought buddies that he could turn it into a you know his business yeah and uh the thing about tommy is like he all these farms he has he, he outfits on are farms that he you know thinks that are good stuff that he would actually hunt uh, he's just not trying to grab up every little piece of property to stick a body on the hunt you know like it's, it's good quality stuff and yeah. like the thing i love about hunting with tommy is like he's doesn't run 
hundreds of people through there in a the fall just to make a paycheck yeah and uh it's very very you know i guess quality is the biggest thing like hunting with tommy is like going to your buddy's deer camp and hunting him with him for the weekend he's especially not even compared to most outfitters he is a small numbers guy in yeah. terms of clients that he runs through compared to the amount of ground that he has he's a very small numbers guy he's got a lot, which of, is, lot of dirt and not a whole lot of people which hunting. is a huge positive in the world of outfitting mm-hmm. you me and probably everyone that listens to this podcast have heard horror stories about outfitters and hunt places yeah so to go to and like granted we've been very fortunate i've been to a few of those places not many i know some folks have had terrible time with that kind of stuff but even for someone that's been to a lot of nice places to go someone like tommy that runs that place like he does it's 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 cool it's very nice it's it's uh and takes a lot of the stress uh, potential stress out of it i think tommy this is where i was getting at with this story talking about you know not just because we're friends but he was genuinely genuinely i think more excited about us killing this deer than we were Mm-hmm. like i was really really excited but tommy's on a different level yeah he's very like, pumped he's like all the work that he puts in i understand it because um just what, what we've done at kudzu and cottonmouth over the years we pretty much you know do a lot of work and when somebody is successful off the work that you did you feel like some type of pride in that it's like yeah when it works it's gratifying uh, yeah very much so and i love time when, when he first walked up the hill to us he's like first off he just like y'all don't go find that deer without me now i want to be there with you well we couldn't stand it, it took no. too long i was like tommy i can't wait on you that long man like I <laughs> but this dude body slammed me when i he thought he was gonna me. cry i did too it's awesome i love yeah. i love that man and he's done really really good job for what he does yeah ain't no doubt but it was a um it was a very a it was a very fitting crescendo to the to the saga of that whole iowa hunt yeah you know you wait five years to hunt out there and hunt for a week and a half feel like you ain't gonna do nothing you really got like a lot of highs and lows you i feel like like so the hunt experience that you got was what most people to the folks that go on a a hunt like that not necessarily an hour but a hunt that they wait a long time for you got what the group of folks that go up on a hunt like that and pass a deer on their first day because they want you got the hunt that they want yeah you know what i mean because you obviously you're you're very much a you're just subject to whatever nature throws at you Mm -hmm. and subject to whatever decisions you make but most everybody especially if it's like their first time doing a travel hunt they don't want to go up there and whack on the first day and come back they want to hunt you know they want to experience yeah you got 11 days of experience (laughs) talking about tommy him running low numbers of hunters yeah that gives you the opportunity to go back yeah because he doesn't have a crowd full every freaking week you know he's he's limited and he's got plenty of places to hunt so long as he's got enough bed space available you can go back yeah and he offers that to just about everybody as far as i know you know if if you uh you know if you don't have a bad hunt or whatever and you want to come back you you, you got room to come yeah so it's a cool I, deal what um so yeah i mean i feel i can't think of anything that we left out of that story other than i i, I had a uh i had a wide variety of uh responses to my 
tree saddle talk last week <laughs> most of them positive um there was a few folks like making fun of me about it i couldn't get mad at them because i was the same way until i tried one which is what i told them i was like dude look i hear you i was there before I, you know before i used the thing i will say this i'm not going to over dramatize it and say that there's no way i could have filmed that buck if i wasn't using a saddle i probably could have I will say the footage would not have been nearly as good mm-hmm. because so like the way the buck came when Jordan shot him required me to be pretty much twisted all the way around the tree, which is possible um, in a traditional stand like kind of setup, but it's it's way more uncomfortable. It's way more like I just don't think I would have been able to film the deer as good. Like I think the it just wouldn't have worked out as well. Uh, well, first off, you normally film sitting down, so yeah. you would have had to stood up, put the camera all the way back around you, put it in between you and the tree, yeah, stuck it through that hole, and then been leaning out on balance. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I mean, I would have made it work, but yeah. it wouldn't have been as good because I was. This is going to be hard to explain for folks that don't know how saddles work, but I had one foot on the platform, and was leaned completely back on the tether. Yeah twisted around but i mean the footage is good you know and i was able to do that because of how well you can move around in that thing mm-hmm. so make fun of it or not i can't like i said i ain't gonna get angry at somebody for making fun of it because i've been that guy but lake is now a cowboy he loves to saddle up i should learn to rope and ride <laughs> should have uh but yeah, I, th- I think we've covered that story i think we feel like we've done it justice you know, especially between last week's episode and this one, uh, there you are. That's the yep. That's the saga, beginning, middle, and end of Southeast Iowa and Jordan's deer. And now we keep moving forward. There's a lot of season left. I'm afraid the the highlight's done. Though. <laughs> might, for, it might be. <laughs> there's it's, only there's only one uh, one couple weeks in November when you hunt the Midwest and everything else is kind of subdued. Yeah, but it's still fun though. It is still fun. Well, I mean, we'll see. There's there's plenty to do, and there was a couple folks saying that they didn't want this to be a 30 minute episode. Well, congratulations. So far, it's an hour and a minute. Uh. We do try. I mean, I'm not opposed to doing longer episodes. Most of the time, we don't have the time to. Yeah. We don't necessarily have the time to today. <laughs> yeah, I got to get in the truck right now and head to Kudzu. Um, so, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, always, if you have questions, feel free to send them in. Please do not hesitate. Um, I think that's it. Yep. Shout out to – I cannot remember the man's name, and I, I could pull up my phone. Um, guy wrote in last week uh, – about the the one about calling that we did wrote uh wrote in very 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 nice message about how he appreciated the depths that we went to about calling and uh and think he called in like his first deer awesome. like the first success like like actually called the deer in like came to the tree so uh that kind of stuff is always appreciated thank you for sending that in uh, and we're gonna sign off because we got things to do got to get back up to kudzu and get back hunting but we'll catch you back here next week as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast